You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, you know, it talks about these three. It talks about faith, and we talked about living faith. Now abides faith, hope, and love. And so we said we got living faith. You got living faith? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So that's an everyday thing. It's not just having a faith project when things go wrong. But you and I are living by faith. Are you living by faith? Well, if you're not living by faith, you're living by something else. Everybody say, I'm living by faith. I'm living by faith. Then we said what? Then we talked about hope. Now the Bible says that hope is like an anchor for your soul. That we have, we have confidence in God, and when you believe something, this hope should arise, this joyful, confident expectation of what's going to do. And this hope will be an anchor to your soul. Everybody say, hope lives. And what is that? It's an anchor for you. And then we did this a number of years ago. Actually, Robert did this first in the youth group. They had a love illusion. And so then we copied them and we had a love illusion. And when the Lord brought this into my heart again, he's like, I need to revive that. So living faith is important. Hope lives is important. But the Bible says, but the greatest of these is agape. But the greatest of these is agape. Well, I thought faith was the greatest. No, it says that love is, that agape is the greatest. Why? Number one, because your faith works by love. I said your faith works by love. But what you're going to find about these three things is they all work together. But right now, I don't know, it's an old secular song. Uh, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. But we're going to change that from love, sweet love. What the world needs now is they need some agape. They really need to understand the love of God. And so what we're going to start out today is we're going to talk about the love of God to you and the love of God through you. Now, if you've heard these things before, I pray that you hear them with a fresh uh, touch to your ears, a fresh understanding. Because if you, the season that we're in and what's going out there around us with people you work with, with your neighbors, with your family, or with, uh, you know, what's going on in your school or wherever. Um, right now, this is so important to God that we really need to re ignite a love illusion because there's things going on that we can be a distinct difference right now in the world. The Bible says the heathen, Psalms 2.8, the heathen are for our inheritance. This is a season that we're going into, that people are going to come, they're, they're, they're going to turn away from their backslidden condition like the prodigal son, and they're going to come back to God. They're going to be people that are going to realize the importance of church like never before. Not going just because I have to go, but going because I need to hear from God. God is, going to, is getting ready to do some wonderful things. He has been doing some wonderful things. Are you glad that you know him, but he needs your cooperation. But the first thing he wants to show you is the love of God, his love to you. So Romans chapter five, verse number eight, it says, but God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The first thing I want to tell you is God's love to you is not performance based. In other words, you didn't do anything to earn God's love. Now, I heard people say this before, but they say, well, God loves me more than anybody else. Well, you keep believing that if that works for you. But the truth of the matter is he loves you the same as he loves a sinner. I know you, some people don't like that. Well, no, he loves me more. I'm serving him. No, God loves you the same amount that he loves a sinner. Now he can, you know, I know there's some new songs coming out in this one uh, that I listened to. It's like, uh, you know, I can't let God down because I wasn't holding him up. Well, you can let God down. 
And it's a cute song, and I appreciate the, the group that sings it, but I totally disagree with that. You can let God down, but you can never, he'll never remove his love from you. That's two totally different things. Come on, as a parent, my child could let me down, but I'm never going to stop loving them. And that's, and God, and then see, you got to understand that when you look out into the world, but right now let's concentrate on you. But when you look out in the world, I was going to concentrate on you, but when you look out into the world, God loves them. Jesus died for them. He loves them as much as he loves you. No, he loves them as much as he loves you. Those are his children that are lost. Those are his children that are undone. Those are his children on the way to hell. And he doesn't want that. Now, this love that he has for you that is not based on performance. Oh, you ought to get excited about that. I don't know how you grew up or I don't know how you are. I trust you're not this way. But you should never love someone based on their performance, based on what they do for you or don't do for you. Love, that the God agape kind of love is not a performance kind of love. But God loved you while you were a sinner. While you was nasty, while you didn't think about him, while you didn't care nothing about him, while you did this or you did that. Amen. You understand? Everybody shout, God loves me. So what kind of love is it? Number one, this love to you is number one, it's unconditional. And again, Romans chapter 5 eight says he loved us while we were sinners. And then let's look at the Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. I'm not going to spend as much time on this one because I want to get to the back part of this. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, verse 5, says, even while we were dead in sins, you were dead in sin. Notice it didn't say you were just a sinner. You were dead. You were dead in your sins, and he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. So it's talking about salvation. God loved you so much. It was an unconditional love, and he loved you while you were a sinner. And I need you to get it. He loved me equally while I was a sinner than he loves me right now. Why am I emphasizing that? Because, see, sometimes in our circle especially, we receive based on what we think God's approval is of us. Because you were brought up that way. People do for you when you do right. Listen, I need you to do right. God wants you to do right. But you're receiving of salvation. You're receiving of healing. You're receiving of the blessing. It's not based on a work system. It's just based on the fact that Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you. And it was an unconditional love. And he still loves you that much today, even though you all smart now. And you know everything that you think you need to know. But you need to go back to understand that that. The first love when you fell in love with him, when you figured out he loves me so much, he died for me. And I don't know why he would die for me because I'm a mess. He loves you. You receive not based on your performance. Come on Wednesday nights, I'm teaching you how to walk by faith, the real faith, and how to receive from God. But you need to get out of your mind, get out of your heart that I have to be perfect in order to receive from God. Because you were far from perfect when you got saved. And you're still not perfect. I don't care who you are or who you think you are. It is not based on performance. It is based on believing in what Jesus did. Now, do we, our performance need to line up? It does. I am not excusing. I'm not preaching a greasy grace message today. 
I'm just telling you that your performance and doing everything right and making everybody uncomfortable around you because you're self-righteous does not bring the love of God. Come on, it's unconditional. It's unconditional. Are you with me? Are you with me? He loved me while I was a sinner. Then I love the story of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15. This crazy son wanted all his money. He went, and then he went and partied it away. Come on, somebody had to help him with all that party. I mean, he had so much money. They helped him party that money away. Then a great drought. Uh, um, then coronavirus came, and uh, there was no, no more partying. And all his money was gone, and all those people he was partying with, no, you can't come stay with me. No, no, this inn is full. You, know, you can't come here. Then he found himself eating pig food. And then he had a moment of awakening. So at least I'll go back and be a servant in my daddy's house. He takes care of his servants. I don't have to eat pig food no more. Then he came to himself. What was he realizing just then? The love of his father. The love of his father. Even though I did everything wrong, if I walk back to him, he's going to take me. I did everything wrong, but if I walk back to him, he's going to take me. And then I love the account. The Bible says the father was looking for him. I'm getting way ahead of myself. This is the last end of my message, but God the father is looking towards the lost and the backslidden. He sees their fear. They don't have the kind of hope we have. They have no clue. That's why they're acting so crazy. If you thought when you died it was all over and this is it, you'd act crazy too. You and I have a different hope. Now we're not getting any loads up to go to heaven today. You all stay here. But in death, as a believer, we have no fear. People who have gone before us, they're in our future. They're not in our past. But see, someone who's lost, who doesn't know Jesus, when you're dead, it's over. You would be afraid too. But we got to get them that hope. And this man who came to himself, the reason he went home was because he knew Father was going to love him. Now, he even had a lower, he, he lowered his expectation. He said, I'll just be a servant. But dad was looking. Come on, the father is looking for those that are lost and undone. And then what happens? That love compelled him every day. He had a hope that his son was coming home one day. And when he saw his son afar off, come on, all, all people need to do is take a step towards God. And I believe he'll take many steps towards them. And then, you know, notice this, the son, when he came home, there, was, there wasn't punishment doled out. There was rejoicing. 
because he came home. Now, I know that's backslidden and lost, and you and I need to live a different way. But I want you to see the love of God and see that love towards us and towards other people. What do I know about the love of God? Well, number one, it's unconditional. Number two, when God loves, he loves with his best. Do you know John 3.16? You've known it since you were a child. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The truth of the matter is, when God loves, he gives his best. John 15, 13, there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. There's no greater, Jesus, no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5, 6 and 7, it's a, this, is, this love is, 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 is the best, the highest. For he, um, Romans um, 5, 6 and 7, Romans 5, 6 and 7. Not six, seven, five, five. Um, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but peradventure for a good man, someone even dare to die. So I'm telling you that God gave his best when he gave us Jesus. And so that is, that love is unconditional. And when God loves, God gives his best. God could, could have done another way, perhaps. But the only way that, that he, there was a permanent way for us to get back to God was to give Jesus. The third kind of love that you see that God has to you, it's an everlasting love. It lasts forever. No, it lasts forever. I said it lasts forever. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that lasts forever. A love that lasts forever. A love that lasts forever. It's an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, with loving kindness, Jeremiah 31.3, therefore with loving kindness um, have I drawn thee. So to you, remember that, that, and you may not have known this when you got born again. You just heard the good news of what Jesus has done. Uh, while we were praying a lot this last week, it's going to come out because that's just who I am. Uh, um, he kept telling me, tell him who I am and tell him what I've done. Tell him what I've done and tell him who I am. I'm telling you, and we need to tell people that God loves us with an everlasting love. And with that loving kindness from that everlasting love, he draws people unto himself. Are you glad that he drew you to himself? And then we learn in this in, in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. We see that the love that God has for us, uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God. Woo! Hallelujah. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Have you been through any tribulation lately? Well, the, you can't get that can't and should not separate you from the love of God. Distress? Anybody been distressed? Persecuted? Well, it's coming and has come and going to keep on coming. Or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. What can separate you from the love of God? As it is written, for the sake we are killed all day long. Woo, that's exciting. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. When you know the love of God has, to, oh, come on, he'll never leave you hanging. He'll never leave you alone. When you know the love of God, people try to conquer without knowing that God, you can't conquer without knowing that God loves you. 
And when you're standing up being bold in Jesus' name, God the Father is right there enforcing his word. The angels are right there. Come on, hallelujah. Come on. I, everybody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Why? Through him who loved me. The revelation you need to get there is God loved me, therefore I can conquer. Therefore I can overcome. Hallelujah. For I am persuaded. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Why? Because I know the love of God. I know the love of my Father. For God so loved me that he gave me Jesus. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, don't matter what's going on, angels or princes, you got angels or demons, I don't care, nor powers, nor things present, nothing to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall abide, shall be able to separate me from from the love of God. You're not going to separate me from the love of God. You're not going to separate me. I know you're trying. I know you've come. You bring this, you bring that, but you're not going to separate me from the one who loves me. You remember that it keeps coming up in my heart. You remember in Revelation, the seven churches, Jesus came and he toured them by the whole, he toured them and he, he said, you're doing this right. You're doing this wrong to the smart church, to the, the big church, to the meaty church. He said, you got to remember one thing. You do not need to lose, lose your first love. I'm telling everybody in this room from me to you, you and I need to be very careful in all the revelation, in all the walking in faith, in all of that. And it's right and it's necessary. And you need to walk in authority. You need to walk in your prosperity. But there is one thing the Lord's going to get ticked about if you and I forget, and that is our first love. You can learn to do the methods. You can learn to punch the buttons and pull the levers. But it's not going to work unless you know how much he loves you and you return that. You lost your first love. I'm not going to lose my first love. I'm going back to my first love. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And what I know about God's love is also, what is it? It's unconditional. He loved me first. It's not performance-based. See, if if that rubs on you, I need to get my sandpaper out and rub on you some more. Because until you get over that, you're going to have a hard receiving. Because you'll become very performance-based. And, and, and sometimes the message that's preached can make you performance-based. But you've got to keep love first. That's why it's the greatest of these. Amen? Come on, he loves me. He loves you. Now, he, you know, people, well, God loves you so much. He just loves you the way you are. Yes, he loves you the way you are. But if he really loves you, the other characteristics you're going to get from him is he's going to clean you up. He's going to correct you. Come on, to the parents in the room and all the teenagers and the children. The children are in children's church, but all the teenagers. The reason that mom and dad corrects you is because mom and dad loves you. If someone doesn't love you, they won't correct you. They'll just let you, whatever you do is just what you do. You get the consequences. But if someone who is older and, yes, wiser, if they correct you, come on, when God corrects you, it's not just to straighten you out. It's not just to get you in order. It's to get you something. And if God loves you, the Bible says, we're not going to take time to look at it, but the Proverbs says, Hebrews says, that whom God loves, he chastens. Woo! That's going to the woodshed with God. That's what it means to chasten. It's not like, no, no. He'll take you to the woodshed. 
Why? Because he loves you. Come on, God's love's unconditional. God's love, he loved you first. He loved you so much he gave you his best. Amen. It's an everlasting love. Come on, it's an everlasting love. It's a love that you can't get separated from. It's a love you can't get separated from. And then when you encounter that love, that, you know that God's in love with you when he fixes you. Amen. You know that he loves you as a son and daughter because he works on you. I don't know about you, but he loves me. He's not just willing to let stuff happen to me. He's going to deal with me. He's going to deal with you. So see, that'll get rid of just live any old way you want to. It don't matter. No, because real love corrects. So see, you'll get, you'll get through that. So people need to get to all the way. Because people say, well, just God loves me the way I am. He does. He does love you. But he loves you so much he could never leave you that way. Because the wages of sin is still death. How would you love somebody and just let chaos and craziness and destruction come to their life? Well, I love you. I know you're about to get hit by that semi. I'm not going to tell you about it. You know, I'll meet you on the other side. You know what I'm saying? That's not love. It's not love. Come on. I say this. If you love somebody, you'll tell them they got spinach in their teeth. Something in their beard that looks really gross. Get it out. I can't stand it. My wife, my wife loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. Now, this love is not just to you. And we have to be very careful that we just don't receive the love of God without doing something with the love of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, we start at verse 8, we'll run into it again, Romans 5, says, and hope makes not ashamed. Aren't you glad? We talked about that. Hope makes not ashamed. Because, see, faith, hope, and love all work together. And hope makes not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. And then it goes on to talk about, um, for scarcely a righteous man would die. And then verse 8, but God commends his love towards us while we are yet sinners. But this love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And that love is to you. But y'all, we have really got to get to a place where the love of God flows through us to people. And I'm going to just real quickly talk about it's to all people. It's to those that you like, the birds of a feather you all flock together with, and it's those birds who you think is ugly. Uh, It's it's all the birds, all right, or whatever, all right? So Romans 5 and 5, and it says this, hope makes not ashamed, and the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to talk just real quick again about how the love of God flows to us, but now it flows through us. I'm telling you that we need to be so different in this hour. You've come into an hour, you've come into a season 
where God sets the church like a city on a hill and a light. And I, I always remember my spiritual father said this, people don't always understand tongues. People don't always understand this or that, but everybody understands love. And you and I have the perfect love on the inside of us. We have agape, the God kind and quality of love. Most people in the world have some forms of love. They have brotherly kindness every once in a while. They have love for their spouse and their children, and that's all wonderful. Really, all love originates from God. There is no love in the devil. There is no love in the prince of the power of the air. All love originated for God, from God because the Bible says God is love. Just like, so remember when Jesus said of the, of the devil, he said, you're of your father or the originator of all lies. I'll, I'll throw this in. That's neat. You need to be careful of following people who lie. Because there, there's an originator. Be careful what you're listening to. Well, it's a fact. Prove it. <laughs> I <de> find, <laughs> never mind. Hallelujah. There's one truth right now. Hold on to it. It's light. And in this light, everything else, the, the real truth comes of it. The, but, but God, so the devil is the originator of lies. God is the originator of love. He, he made it. No, no, he's the originator of it. God is love. He doesn't just love. So God's love is perfect. And this agape, the God kind and quality of love is in you. Now, you can't love everybody all the time with your natural love because that's performance-based. Uh, you love someone or tolerate some, we'll even call it tolerate. You tolerate people because, you know, I have the love of God. No, God, God didn't just tolerate you. That's false love. That's human love. No, there's this love. You mean this overwhelming love that I've encountered with God? Now he wants me to show it to everybody? No, I don't think I can do that, Pastor Mark. Well, you can't do that in your own strength. That's why now, come on, how, how, how is the world supposed to know? I'm away, I'm, I'm away from my stuff. How's the world supposed to know that you and I are believers? Well, because we have a witness on the inside, right? That's one way. How do you know you're a believer? But how, that's how you know. How do they know you're different? Because you have love for the brethren. In other words, the church gets, <laughs> woo, when will this happen? The church, even the people in the church, all love one another. We need a revelation because this is what draws people to God is that even though you're different, you look different, you talk different, you may have different natural opinions, but in God, we love one another. And don't just tolerate one another. We love one another. We're there for one another. We help one another. We pray for one another. Amen. We bless one another. Never talk evil of one another. I will. Hallelujah. And so that love, everybody say the agape. Say the agape is in my heart. And it's about to come out and show itself strong to others. Romans 12, 9 and 10, Amplified Classic. I need this one up. Let your love be sincere. A real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. So, so this is really clear. 
I'm not supposed to love ungodliness. But it's not talking about a person. It's talking about the act of ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Verse 10. Love, just so you're not confused. You turn away from ungodliness, walk away in horror from those that's wicked, but you're supposed to love one another. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family. So it's talking about this is the church. Yeah, well, if you can't love everybody in the church, then you're not going to love anybody in the world. As members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor. Show love, the love of God shows honor to one another. Shows honor to one another. Everybody good? Romans 13. Verse 8 through 10. Oh, let's do these. Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, owe no man anything. Now, I know a lot of prosperity preachers that say that means you can never be in debt. You can't owe anything on your house or car. I don't believe that's a proper interpretation. If you do, hang on to it. Owe no man anything, but... To love one another. This is what you owe somebody. You, the Bible says you owe them this. Why? Because the Lord loved you when you were ungodly. The Lord loved you while you were, what do you owe somebody? No, you owe them. Well, I don't like that. Owe no man nothing, but, but. Oh, no, man, are y'all, this is my church. Testing, one, two, three, is this Cornerstone Word of Life Church? Oh, no, man, nothing but to love one another. For he that loves another has done what? Fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. You can't, don't kill, don't steal. What are these? These are the big 10, right? Don't Don't bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. If there be any other, so I've listed a few of the big, big 10, he said. And so, but if, it, if there are any others I didn't list, it's briefly comprehended in this saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody your neighbor. Everybody is your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Well, what's the person who asked that? Who's my neighbor? Who's really my neighbor? What are they trying to do? Get out of love with somebody. You're not my neighbor because you're not born again. So that makes you not my neighbor. That is not true. Everybody is your neighbor. Because, see, we're not just loving people that think like us. Is there anybody that thinks like us? I don't know. That talks like us, that walks like us, that wears the T-shirts that we wear. I just don't know if there's anybody as good as us. But just in case you think that way, the Bible will bring you back to reality and tell you, because those are the people I want to love. Those are the people that I want to be associated with only. But no, the Bible says, are y'all good? Love your neighbor. How many of you know if the word of God is going to be fulfilled? I don't have time, but I will take time later. All the law and the prophets hang on this one thing. And if you are out of balance in love, all the law and the prophets are going to fall into the floor. You'll never be able to walk in them. Are you supposed to walk in the Big Ten? Well, not out of a religious, out of your flesh, but the Bible says if you'll walk in love, you'll fulfill all the Big Ten. If you don't know what the Big Ten is, I'm not talking about a conference. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. 
Just in case you're from the Midwest, no, the SEC is not a myth. Um, Just in case. All right. So every time I go back up there, I have to deal with them. All right. So it says this, love works no ill. Everybody say no ill. So if if you walk in the love of God, you will not post ill of your neighbor. Well, we got to stand up for ourselves. Well, if you walk in love, God will stand up for you. Love works how many ills to its neighbor? Therefore, the lo- love is f- agape is filling the law. I hear you. Um, James chapter 2. I could answer you, but I won't. James chapter 2. Listen, you'll never get run over if you obey the word of God. Well, I just believe if we we just lay down and take it. No, if you do what's scripturally right, God will defend you. He will. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Amplified classic. If indeed you really fulfill the royal law in accordance with the scripture, you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. You do well. Now, are you supposed to love yourself? Well, you know. No, you are. You're supposed to love yourself. I have found, and in, 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 uh, you know, as a pastor, I have to do counseling. And I'll forget many, many, many years ago, this one guy who was always having trouble, mistreated his wife, mistreated his children, um, mistreated people in business. I mean, just, you know, in some way, you know, he said, I love God. But really, you can only tell. I'm really jumping ahead two or three series, uh, messages down the road. But you can really only tell if someone loves God if they do what Jesus said do. He said, if you love me, do my commandments. So if you really love God, you'll be a doer of the word. But so this person, I remember I was talking to him one time, and the Holy Ghost gave me a revelation. And I tried to help him. Uh, he really loathed himself. He really hated himself. And you can't, so sometimes people hate themselves in order to bring their body under control. Or if they, if they hate themselves, I'm never doing anything right. They use it as motivation. But that is not scriptural motivation. And of this, I am well aware, it is something that I used to deal with. Um, if, if I'm mean enough to myself, if I hate myself, I'll hate myself into success. And it works for a period of time, but it's not something you can maintain. You really have to love you. Because if you don't love you, there's no way you can love a neighbor. And so the greatest revelation, one of the greatest, I won't say the greatest, the one of the greatest revelations is God loves me. God's changing me. And I love myself in God. Not pride or arrogance, but in humility, realizing that he created me in his likeness, in his image. I'm accepted in the beloved. And when I begin to love this way, then I can love my neighbor. Everybody say, I love my neighbor as I love myself. Woo! Hallelujah. Then you you do well. Verse 9. Verse 9. But if you show servil, regard... I don't know what that servile is, but I know what these next two are. Prejudice. Let's just stop and give the devil a black eye. Anyone who has any form of prejudice whatsoever based on someone's skin color, how they look, 
where they were raised, where they're from, any of that has not the love of God in them. Any prejudice from anybody. What is prejudice? It's prejudging someone based on an outward appearance, based on an outward circumstance. The Bible says if you have regard for people by prejudice or favoritism. In other words, you favor somebody else because of how they look because of what they drive, because of what school they graduated, what their skin color is, then you have not the love of God in it. And it goes on to say, just in case you didn't get it, you commit sin and are rebuked and convicted by the law. You're a violator of the law and you're an offender. So this, see, right now we have the answer for all the world's problems if they just listen to us. What is it? The love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Galatians chapter five, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, you have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty for an occasion of the flesh. So just in case you know, yes, you're free. Yes, God loves you, but you can't be living in the flesh. You can't be acting out. You can't be participating in sin. But by love, serve one another. Another manifestations of how they're going to know that God loves them is in love we serve them. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. One of the ways that we love people, you want to irritate the devil, Do something sweet, something kind, something awesome, something amazing for somebody who don't deserve it. Do something sweet. Do something kind. Take somebody to lunch. Uh, Get them a Chick-fil-A card or whatever card they like. Um, I don't know. Somebody who irritates you. You know, if I get a whole bunch of gifts, you know, tomorrow, I'm going to know. But um, uh, someone who irritates you. Someone who's offended you, if you'll give, show them love, if you'll show them agape, they'll be like, I just was, and they'll be scratching their head. And you can say to them, even if you can't do it all the way, but you can say it like this, I love you with the love of the Lord. Smile while you're saying it. And sometimes you can work yourself into that love by doing something kind for somebody obnoxious. Love them like God loved you. Love them while they're unlovely. Love them while they're yet a sinner. Well, Pastor Mark, if I love them, then I gotta tell them the truth. You start with one truth. If you're starting with any other truth for an unbeliever, you're starting in the wrong thing. They need to know one truth. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus defeated hell for you. Jesus rose from the grave for you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father from you. There's no other truth they need. There's no other truth an unbeliever needs except that one. If someone is away from God, they were born again, and yet they're away from God. What, what do you need to tell them? Listen, if you, God loves you, you're like the prodigal son. Even though you've done all this wrong, it wasn't right, you shouldn't have done it. But if you'll come back to God, He'll treat you the same way he treated him. He'll be rejoicing. He's waiting for you. The Bible says if you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the love. That's what you need to be sharing with somebody who's not born again. 
well, Pastor Mark, what about within the church? There's some people that say crazy things, post crazy things. They're, they're acting crazy. Then love them anyway. Because I bet you got a little crazy in you as well. Hallelujah. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. How do I love them? Love them with the agape. Love them with the agape. Love them with the agape. Love, love, love the love of God. So what are we supposed to do? Serve one another. Jesus said this before he left in the great gospel of John. He was giving them all these things right before he left. And John got it for us by the Holy Ghost. John 15, 12. This is my commandment that you love one another. How? Just like I love you. This is my commandment. Now I sense the presence of God in this room right now. Maybe you've been hearing other things. Maybe you've been doing other things. But Jesus, your Savior, Jesus, your Lord, wants you to make a difference. The presence of God is in here. Let this go deep in you. The answer is, love them like I love you. Love them like I love you. It's unconditional. It's first. It's not based on a reward. It's not based on if you agree with me. Yes, you say, well, Pastor Mark, the love of God will correct. Yes, it does. But just like God corrects you with his word, don't you try to correct people with your opinions. Just give them the word. Let the word correct them. Let the word adjust them. Oh, I got so much more. I am going to leave you with this. Y'all stand. We'll pick up here maybe. The greatest love, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I want to leave you with this one because this is big stuff, but I believe you, you can handle it. Maybe not everybody can handle it, but I believe you can handle it. Verse 16, 1 John 3. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down. Aren't you glad he laid down his life for you? Come on, just put your hands up and say, Lord, thank you for laying down your life for me, for giving your all for me, for taking all of my sin, all of my sickness, all of my disease, all of my poverty, all of my confusion, all of my pain, all of my pain, all of my shame. You took it because you love me and I love you. It says, and we ought to in the same way lay down our lives for the brethren. That's a tall order, y'all. But you can, you can do it with agape. You can do it with agape. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother have a need and shuts up his bowels of compassion for him, how dwells the love of God in him? We're gonna, let's bless some people. My little children, my little children, Cornerstone Word of Life Church by the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. By my little children, let us not love in word, just with idle words, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The real stuff. I love this. I'm going to get to it. The Bible says, y'all love this. The Bible says about us, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely good. Come on, his mercies are new every morning. 
His mercies. Are you grateful for the mercy of God? Are you grateful for the love of God? With loving kindness, he drew you. So this is what the Lord gave me last night. And I'm going to leave it with you. He said, surely good, my goodness and my mercy as a believer will follow you all the days of your life. Come on, we got to believe that. Surely goodness and mercy. I'm going to make a point. Surely goodness and mercy. They're right behind me. They're following me everywhere I go. I can't get away from them. Goodness and mercy. Listen, listen, this is what the Holy Ghost said. He said, if you'll walk in that, when an unbeliever, when a backslidden person bumps into you, they ought to bump into goodness and mercy right behind you. Come on, you're walking in the mercies of God. He's the father of mercy. And when someone runs into you, they ought to run into God's goodness. They are, not judgment. They ought to run into God's goodness. They ought to run into the mercies of God that are new every morning. They ought to run into agape. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.